0: Welcome to another edition of the Bombastic Podcast. I'm your host, Imani Wilson. Uh, Welcome. You're probably wondering why so spiffy with the red satin blazer or smoking jacket or whatever you want to call it, really. Um, It's because this is a special episode, okay? This is uh, episode number three, the uh, fourth in the series. And this so happens to fall on valentine's day but that's that that's not going to be the overarching theme for the whole episode so you need not worry about this being some surely surely just mushy shit extravaganza if anything this is going to be a three-way and not you know there's no cue of like some random women coming to like embrace themselves you know around my neck that part of my life is over um if anything this is gonna be the regular show format a little bit of valentine's day related-esque shit and black history month okay because i fucking realized we're almost two weeks into the month of february which is pretty much the exactly the halfway point and i didn't cover shit black history month related so that's shame on me but um firstly let me just say you know why i'm doing this intro that um it fucking feels good to be, you know, clean cut and shaven, okay? Probably wondering, like, hey, whoa, the look is definitely different besides the red blazer. Yeah, I got, you know, clean line up. Shout out to my new barber, Big Mike. feel like everybody knows a Big Mike somewhere. And, um, yeah, this is me at 100% also. It's not me at, like, that 90-ish or whatever the case may be. Like, this is literally me locked in. I'm at 100%. I'm feeling... Like I'm ready to give in my hundred and ten percent as I always do in these podcasts. And let me let me just say also, really, the reception I've gotten is fucking beautiful, man. It really is. Like it real it makes me emotional, like sincerely. From like all my friends, all the folks who've like shared the shit and you know, been able to go ahead and go out to give me feedback, give me suggestions. And I knew it was some shit when my dad called me, like called me yesterday, um, as of this recording. Called me yesterday and was just like, oh, hey, you know, um, I got your grandfather on the line. And my grandfather's like such a fucking throwback. So he calls me like when I say throwback, he sounds like somebody who's from like the movie The Warriors or something or Uptown Saturday Night. Like he's just one of those cool cats from back in the day. So he'd be like, hey, man, what's going on, man? Like, hey, listen, I checked out. I didn't know you had a podcast, man. I knew it's a rap once my fucking grandfather knows I have a podcast. So I'm like, man, this is crazy to me. You know, I'm just getting so much beautiful reception from like friends and family alike the way, you know, the shit, it just, it just feels good. It feels real good. And like I said, you know, more than anything, you know, I I just love all the support that I've gotten. So shout out to my boy, Chris Lokes and his uh, podcast. Shout out to my boy, Miami V, my boy, Vicente. Shout out to Randy, AKA Havoc. Shout out to my, my son, my son, Julian a.k.a. chill, okay, father loves you, okay, that's a little nod to the cult, and then, um, like I said, everybody that's been supportive, so the whole Lemmy Affairs crew, you know, both Ashes, Strange, Ev, you know, um, like I said, family, you know, immediate friends, my boy Will, you know, of course, got a shout out of Don, it's like, I could just start, I could just be shouting out people for, like, the whole first, like, 10 minutes, so I'm not even gonna go there with all the shout outs, but thank you, love you, appreciate the fucking feedback, And commentary, it just fucking feels good to not feel like, you know, like I'm feeling like shit. Because then it allows me to be able to have those like crazy, like not crazy, but those like weird kooky thoughts that I typically have, especially like funny thoughts. Because, you know, I posted a picture of a box of fucking Cheerios. That's a giant size. So that was a nice little callback to all my fucking cereal warriors out there who still out here challenging fucking boxes of cereal with fucking mixing bowls. It's just it's just so fucking funny was thinking, though, you ever notice how and I mean, we've probably seen this in some sort of way and it doesn't make it right. But you ever notice you, you like you like see a guy like approach a girl and be like, you're like, damn, ma, like, yo, why are you so like, you know, the funny thing is everything is about somebody being thick. Like when I say thick, it's like thick with like a bunch of C's thick. I don't know why I thought of myself, like, imagine if you just go up to a girl and just fuck her head up. You'd be like, damn, Ma. you would be like, oh, my God, here we go. Like, damn, Ma, you got a thick face. <laughs> it's like you think about it. She'd be like, what the fuck? <coughs> I think she'd probably laugh, be offended at the same time. Like, the fuck are you, what are you trying to say? It's like, damn, Ma, you got a thick face. <laughs> you just tell, tell somebody they got a fucking thick face, dude. I, like, I love it. I love shit like that, man. You know, it's just things I think about it, like, my fucking spare time. It's just weird, man. Like, I'm, like, you know, I'm thinking even more so just breaking down this fucking uh, format. But let me really break down some also important shit. That last episode I did, all right, I was tired. When I say I was tired, like, I had a couple of issues. Like, my light was, my light was having a couple of issues with just staying the fuck on you know, so, I mean, just among the fact that it was, like, late that night when I was recording and all the of stuff like that. So, there's a couple of things I got wrong. So, let me clear those things up real quick. Number one being, um, I had mentioned that my favorite, this shout out to my boy Will, my favorite Batman for that Batman segment of episode two was um, Val Kilmer. When that whole time I was actually referring, actually referring to Michael Keaton. Cause Michael Keaton's fucking Batman is the Batman. Let's not get it fucked up. Val Kilmer was like Batman for what, like one movie, and then I and then I was trying to think when how many movies Ben Affleck was. Apparently he was an Aquaman. I missed the shit out of that. Um, what else is there? Oh, one of the games. I I I I kept saying it was like day um days end or something like that. It was days gone. Okay, I even pulled up the art to the motherfucker, and the ship was still. I was like, "Yeah, day's end." I'm like, "What the fuck?" Like, I look back, I was like, "I wasn't drinking, right?" I was just, I was just fucking tired. I really was. Like I said, I was rocking the Scully. Okay, and you know, like I said, my I had a bit of a struggle for girl going. You know, like I said, the waves was dead. They dead now. I'm I'm resuscitating them. And, you know, like I said, it just feels good to be back at 110%, being able to give my 110%, getting lovely feedback, being able to kick off all of this shit. And like I said, this special holiday edition covering Black History Month and Valentine's Day, which speaking of which, I'm here to now drop an invaluable jewel. This is my guide of how you As a single person, if you're a single person, it's for all the single people out here, how you can survive Valentine's Day in three ways. Number one, the first way you can survive it is by random acts of kindness to others, meaning. People it doesn't have to be someone you have a crush on doesn't have to be another admirer doesn't have to be something to where it's like anything real weird or something like it but just I'll always say the best thing you could ever do is just give out of the excuse me out of the kindness of your heart to somebody just give. Just give something. So if you're out and about, you see somebody that's less fortunate, buy them a meal. If you're somewhere, someone drops something, you know, help them out. I mean, if you just see a random, like, person, just offer them just a a small token of gratitude. I mean, anything. Like, for me, my biggest thing was just always giving, like, women, like, flowers on random. You know, and my thing is I would always have that look like, are you going to say something else? Is this the part where you ask for my number? It's like, no, that's just for you. Like, yeah, just have a good day. And the thing is, I don't ever do it because I'm looking for something. I do it just because I think that's just the right thing to do. I don't ever have to interact with those people ever again in my lifetime. They don't ever have to remember the gestures I did for them. It's just something I decided to do with the kindness of my my heart. So that's the part of me that's super altruistic. So I say it's super dope if you just do things out of the kindness of your heart. That's number one. Number two, fuck all of that. And you can go from straight altruistic to straight hedonist and just treat yourself. Do whatever it is you have to do for you on this day, okay? Don't get caught up with the fucking misers online who are like, oh, lonely as F, single as fuck. What am I going to do? Oh, fuck Valentine's Day. Oh, this shit's for the birds. Look, you can bypass all that shit. And if you want to recognize it some sort of way, do something right by you go ahead and do some shit that's gonna make you feel good in whatever way that that is. I mean, so long as it's one that, you know, is healthy and constructive, but yeah, just do right by you. Just, you know, fucking stay your ass at home and get some fucking Postmates or Yelp or something. Just fucking chill. Put on your fu- uh, fucking series you always wanted to watch or a movie that you've been meaning to watch or play music and catch up on some reading that you've been meaning to do. Either way, do something that's fulfilling and that's right by you. Sometimes that's the best thing. It's kind of like what they say, you know, oh, well, you know, you know, God bless those who help themselves out, getting all super religious or something like it. But just do right by you. Care about your damn self. Sometimes that's what the fuck it is we got to do. Then there's the third option, which I think is probably going to be the most popular. Do nothing to fuck at all. How about that one? Because Valentine's Day is just another one of these fucking holidays that we're, like, programmed to have to celebrate. And by celebrate, I mean spending fucking money. Think about it. You got to go get chocolate. You got to go out to eat. You got to go get jewelry. You got to go have gestures. You always got to just do some kind of shit on this random little day. And if you think about it, who set those rules up? And if you also think about it even more closely, and this is the part of me that's not about to throw on some tinfoil hat and shit, but you notice how every month of the year there's like some kind of holiday or something that we have to commemorate. And by commemorating, I mean recognize and fucking throw money at it. You're just boosting the motherfucking economy. And, I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing that. But, I mean, boost your own personal economy. Stay the fuck home. Save your money. Make yourself a fucking meal. Do something right by you Meaning, you do. Fucking wash your ass. Clean your feet. You know, clean your room or something like it. And just enjoy your day. You don't have to get caught up in the mix. It's just that simple. So, you know, I think, I think people just get too caught up into the sanctimonious BS of these holidays and things like it. I, for one, am not going to be one of these people. Okay? I'm not one of these people that get caught up in the mix. I tell people all the time, when it comes to me... Look, if you I'm like, hey, sweetie, if you want to walk around a negligee for me, that's cool. You can walk around a negligee and make me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or I will go make myself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And if I happen to turn around, you your negligee. Cool. If you're like, I'm just going to chill in sweats and do my work. So be it. It's just another fucking day in February. I don't ever want to make a big deal out of these things. Dude, I'm the kind of person where I don't even like to make big deals out of fucking Christmas. It just so happens that whenever I'm around people in gatherings, I'm like, "Okay, let me, you know, not be that guy that's like, "Fuck that. We're not doing this this bullshit." Da, 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 da. I just don't get caught up in the silly shit of life, man. Life is already more complex as it is. Now I got to fucking start throwing calendar days of the fucking month to be like, oh, by the way, let me give my full energy to wearing red and flowers and roses and shit like that. That's cool. Fucking support, fucking local business and all that shit. But I'm just saying at the same token though, bro, uh, yeah, just move on. That's it. It's another fucking day. Don't get caught up. But speaking of getting caught up, let me tell you what the fuck I've been getting caught up on Netflix. Look at that transition. Just butter. But yeah, um, what I've been getting caught up on Netflix, Uh, I finally fucking finished Twin Peaks season two. My God, that was rough. Anybody who's a fan of the series Twin Peaks, as I've been speaking about it for the last few weeks, I've been doing as I've been doing this podcast you got to know that that has been from um i don't know it, it it's it's just it's just been it's it, it was one of those series that you saw it's kind of like dexter if you ever seen the show dexter or even penny dreadful or any of these other shows that really had a really good start at the very beginning of it but then it just careen somewhere in a whole different direction it was starting to get really weird like it was already a surreal show as it was and kind of you know off the beaten path but this shit just it, it just went totally left so i'm glad to say i did the first two episodes now i know all these other references now i have to just see that uh fire walk with me film and then i have to see the latest um incarnation of twin peaks i know they did a uh, revival season like a year or two ago so i'll have to check that but then what i was getting caught up on was um this new series on netflix fucking russian doll with natasha leone and um and this actor uh, charlie barnett dude i love how many surreal shows are on netflix it's fucking dope because like i said for me i immediately went from twin peaks which was a mind fuck to then going straight the Russian doll, which is even bigger, mindfuck. So I'll break the signs down without giving too much. So so this woman finds herself uh, you know, at her at her birthday, I think she's turned like 36 or something like that. 32, 36, or either way in her 30s. Um, hosted by her friends. And she finds herself as she's like leave as she's going through the party and all the elements of her there, her friends and ex shows up, a guy she may want to sleep with, all these other different things are going on at this party. People getting fucked up. As she leaves, she dies in some really strange, horrible way each time. And apparently, you know, not to give any spoilers away, this was pretty much in its own sense, like almost her own fucked up version of the movie Groundhog Day, with Bill Murray except that it was less about, okay, it's a holiday and some weird shit going on. It was more so like, all right, psychologically, you know, there are parts of your life that you haven't, you know, necessarily come to a pass about. So with it, I'm born one of those same days because she started to really get the ropes of like, all right, my survivability, let me avoid this pitfall and let me avoid doing this thing and that thing. So she's like she's super smart and really like breaking down how she can get through this day because it took a while to realize, like, fuck, I'm dying horribly every fucking day. And it's the same day. And none of my friends, anyone else around me are hip to it. So then she runs into a guy, Charlie Burnett by this guy, the actor Charlie Burnett, by the name of uh, Alan. And Alan is this guy who's like, oh, yeah, it happens to me, too. Yeah, I, I die every day. And it's just crazy because they almost had similar paths, but just different lives in a sense. Like, different lives on a similar path. Like, they just had traumas that they themselves were going through and needed to pretty much get closure on. It was dope because, number one, like I said, I love these sort of creative, creative out-of-the-box-like series. And I especially love it when... It's like featuring a diverse cast. You know, it's in New York. The shit was fucking funny. It was shot well. Okay. The concept was super dope. And then on top, it's one of those things that just made you think. And then what I liked the most was the character, um, Alan. I mean, it's kind of different to be able to, number one, you get a black lead, holler culture. Um, you get a black lead going in there. And he himself. Is kind of I don't want to say he's like the damsel in distress, but he's pretty much the dude that's like here for the journey as well, and he needs help. And it's dope to see a guy who's like, hey, look, dude, like I need some help too. Like there's things that are going on in my life that I'm not too happy about. I'm not gonna spoil anything, but you could see there were things that he needed to sort of fix as well. And I was like, yo, that's super dope. I could relate. I can relate to Alan on cer- on certain levels. So, fucking Russian Doll is dope. You gotta fucking see it. I think it was dope. It was funny as shit. Is crazy dysfunctional and like I said, oh, some things were over the top. Other things was just like, oh, dude, because to watch the way these both of these fuckers were dying consistently, it was wild. Because then it makes you think, like, yo, how many days am I avoiding shit like that? It was fucking crazy. But then, then, as soon as I wrap that up, because I was like six or seven episodes, like eight episodes, maybe something like it. I didn't jump into an old show that I had always heard about that I heard was dope as fuck. And that was Peaky Blinders. Okay, my boy Cillian Murphy. Uh, a bunch of motherfuckers. It's like a British BBC show. Like a British crime drama. You know the Brits do crime drama the best. I'm not going to knock any of the groups. You know, any of the folks on Walk of Life for some reason the Brits just got that shit on a fucking lock. But... I mean, and again, you know, this ain't the tie in the Black History of Valentine's Day any sort of way. So I think it's only like two black characters on Peaky Blinders. But the Peaky Blinders gang bring them in and they in there, okay? There's some Jamaican migrants, you know, living in the, in the UK. But, y'all, gangster, gangster, gangster shit. And I love it. I love these sort of old, gritty, period piece, like, fucking uh series man it's just been dope like so netflix has me locked in this is the most netflix i've been getting in in a while and i mean any other time would would normally be a marvel series but you know fuck all the fucking house of mouse is moving those the fuck out so peaky blonde is my new obsession um if you haven't seen it definitely see it it's pretty dope you know drama's good action's good it's pretty violent the dialogue characters are rich background scenery it's all super dope Um, Russian Doll, I definitely suggest it, it's new, just came out, you know, like I said, Natasha Leon, funny, smart, witty, you know, definitely has all this shit together, you know, Alan's funny in his own weird, neurotic way, it's just super dope series, like, I, I definitely dig it, and again, Twin Peaks was a mind fuck, but speaking of fucking mind fucks, I'm telling you, my transitions are gonna be A1 this episode, motherfucker, Genie, During the motherfucking Grammys, which we'll be getting into right after this particular subject, we saw the live-action Aladdin fucking preview, which happened to feature Will Smith as Genie. And the internet responded and all saying at the same time, what the fuck is that? I, for one definitely someone who still has this genie doll from when he went to motherfucking Disney world back in like 94, 95, definitely saying what the fuck is that? Number two, you, you kind of need to give them a little bit of slack. It may not be the final like image per se, but it at least is giving you a rough idea. And it's just a little weird just because it's like, okay, I mean, we all should have known collectively it was going to be odd because even if you even if you had robin williams at this point the genie would have had an older face it would have it wouldn't have been probably i mean it could have been robin williams's body i mean it just it just would have been strange anyway. It's live action. You know it's just gonna be kinda odd looking. They should have just straight CGI genie. They shouldn't have given him anyone I mean they did, but not even give him anyone's likeness. Just give him his own look, but then that person's voice. I don't see why we just didn't do that shit. But either way, nonetheless. The shit was definitely fucking creepy. People said it was nightmare fuel. People said that that's the shit that they see when they when they experience sleep paralysis at night. It was just a very, very odd offering for a, a live-action Disney film. And, I mean, the whole Aladdin movie right now is kind of shrouded with kind of, like, Weirdness going. on. Some people are like, oh, you know, you could have got, you know, a a better Jasmine, which I think you could have. You pretty much got a Priyanka Chopra like Jasmine. I mean, you you could you could have got one of these beautifully, wonderfully talented actresses from Bollywood, but instead you wanted someone who I think was a fucking Power Ranger not too long ago. Either way, she looks. She ju- always looks upset, upset and constipated anytime you see her during the trailer. Fucking Jafar. I mean. And some folks are already bitching about his voice. I'm like, I don't really give a shit. Just as long as this do-rag is popping. Either way, this is just one of those movies you go in with super low expectations. I don't think we should hold fucking Majin Genie to the highest fucking standard. Just let this shit slide. It is what it is. Maybe it'll grow on you. It's the fucking Fresh Prince of Agrabah. Just chill the fuck out, okay? Let the Genie live. That's all I'm saying. So speaking of letting live, we got to talk about the Grammys now. Breathe. Best rap album goes to Cardi B. Let me tell you why I'm both happy and pissed. So the whole thing is this. I'm happy because she's a representative of the Bronx from our old hood, High bridge, okay? She's holding it down for the boogie down. I'm not mad at her. The Bronx needs good news since what happened to you know the kid out of the bodega you know r p to him, you know peace and blessings to his family. And just the bum rap that the Bronx gets. I mean, you know, Cardi B is a is a success story. Someone who you saw literally come from, you know, like one of the lowest common denominators of society, and now being the highest paid rapper this past year. So you know, I mean, you know, not not everybody's gonna agree with her content, but still, she's still making she's still making a success of herself. Now, where I feel like it's fucking things up. As far as offerings that you had, you had the late, great Mac Miller Swimming, which was pretty much like is pretty much his like final masterpiece of work created. I mean, even removing my bias as a Mac Miller fan, I still think that he poured a lot onto this record and was trying to show that he was at least, you know, trying to move his life into a direction. You know, fortunately, it was short lived. Um, Pusha T, Daytona, Pusha T's Daytona. I mean, you're talking like a seven track offering that was produced exclusively by Kanye West. It was one of the biggest known albums within the year. I mean, it didn't have as many singles, but it was still well known, well received by fans and listeners. And it also was big because it came out around the time of him and Drake's, you know, public falling out. So, you know, it. it I feel like that was like a really big and important record. Cardi B's, however, of everything, of all those albums mentioned, I think, probably charted the best commercially. She had the most hits from it, most singles, and that's probably where hip-hop is now fucked up because it's not about the substance anymore. It's all about the commercialism of hip-hop, the bastardization of hip-hop. You're talking about a musical genre that was all about speaking about the struggles of people in urban environments and what they had to do to ultimately rise above or to empower those around them in similar positions. You ain't talking about that shit. When you are talking about drip drip, you just not, you just not like, like that. That's the thing with Cardi. She's not offering anything to the game. So it's fucked up in that regard. It's fucked up highly in that regard. And I get it. She she got the rap album of the year, only solo female artist to do that. I get it. But I feel like we pretty much awarded the the latest hot commodity. That That's really all that we did. That's all we did just now. Plus, not to mention, if you even look at her work, she has got like 12 writers going on. So it's not like she's someone who's really in there lyrically giving her all. Is she performing, doing all she got to do, or as you would say, shaking her ass to get it all done? Yes, she is. And I'm not taking none of that away from her. I'm not. But I'm just saying, on a, on a as a whole on the landscape, probably not the best offering. And then we get caught up in the whole shit where you know Drake was giving his fucking speech for getting um God for his uh Grammy for rap song of the year God's Plan, which was like eh as far as rap songs of the year. I mean, come on. And then from there, people want to make a big deal that he got cut off at the Grammys. Listen, everybody gets cut off at those fucking award shows because you start getting into tangents. You can only go on tangents like mine on a podcast. You can't do that shit in an award show and go, oh, blah, 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 blah. And let me tell you about the struggle and blah, blah, blah. Bro, you you can't do that. You can't do that. They got commercials in between these breaks. So I feel like half of that was, yes, you were kind of shitting on the fact that you're like, these awards don't matter. Uh, If you're a hardworking person, granted, I hear the little bit of message of what you're saying, but this is still a business. And the business side, they're like, okay, Drizzy, moving on, Aubrey. Thank you. So that's it. I mean, if you're going to talk about something, let's talk about the fucking elegance. Uh, elegance what the fuck elegance the fuck have I become fucking (laughs) become fucking Scooby Doo on this podcast but speaking about the fucking elegance the fucking the fucking absolute fucking mastery of fucking Alicia Keys holding it down where she's just showing the fuck out playing two pianos at once and then you got and you got underdogs, people that were probably overlooked because they weren't Cardi B or Drake. You had fucking Anderson Pac get his first Grammy Grammy nom for uh, Grammy award, fucking nom for the rap song "Bubbling" for rap performance, which "Bubbling" was my fucking Get Money album last year and shit, got Get Money single. So I was all fucking suit for that man. That man, Anderson Pac is good. You fucking sleeping on him if you haven't listened to any of his albums. So well, he's a beast out in the West Coast. Um, I got to shout out my boy, um, my boy Randy for this one, my boy Havoc, uh, fantastic Negrito. Okay. Also another black artist who won a blues contemporary album. I think his second Grammy again, like folks, folks are out here winning now. Don't get it fucked up. Black Month Month's coming in super strong. Okay. Out here winning shit. Rashida Jones got, got up there for, um, I think, documentary composition for a father's, um, father's documentary, Quincy. Quincy Jones, in case you never heard of the legendary producer. Get your shit together. So, you know, I mean, folk, folks were out here winning, man. Like, I can't be able to fucking say that, you know, the Grammys were a total wash. Like I said, it's unfortunate that all that mainstream shit kind of started to prevail. But, I mean, when you get Daniel Glover's This Is America, as song of the year, and then video of the year, I mean... Huge. History was made, so can't knock it. You just gotta add it to the month. add Just p- put it on the fucking board. Let's keep it moving. Speaking of shit of this month, God, I'm telling you, I'm fucking fucking it. Come on, you gotta give me fucking something for these transitions. I'm smacking these shits today. Thank you. Um, Games of this fucking particular month. So, Apex, as we know, at the time of this recording, came out about last week. In between that time, It has amassed upwards to 25 million players in its first fucking week. It's more than a player base of Fortnite. So what I'm telling you is we're looking at the new big daddy of Battle Royale games. Am I saying that it's going to get Fortnite money? Yes, it will. Because with a player base like that, you gotta know that a great portion of them are gonna put in money. You gotta know corporate sponsors are gonna wanna get in on that money. You just gotta know that it's the current new kid on the block. Shit. I mean, it was so big it you know, IGN.com's even reported saying that it was able to revive playership on Titanfall Two, a game that people pretty much said were dead like within its first three months of coming out. So, this is big. This is, like, huge right now. Super huge. So, fucking Apex Legends is killing it right now. I know some people, you know, I know my boy Chris, he said he wasn't really feeling it, you know, too, too much. And I'm like, hey, it was a game that took a little while to grow on me. So, I think it's one of those things that you give it enough time, people are going to, you know, really... Really get hip to it because not everybody when it comes to games, especially shooting games, wanna build a fucking fort like in Fortnite. Like, no, it's just a new offering in that particular medium. So we'll see. Um as far as um new games for the month, there's a list. So I'm gonna go ahead and actually go through this list so I can tell you what I find to be pretty good and then what I find to be So let's go ahead and look through this real quick. Let's go ahead and do this in chronological order, okay? Um, by the time this podcast is out, Catherine, Catherine full body should be released. And Catherine full body is a sequel to the game. Catherine, which is like this weird sort of Japanese RPG puzzle game. So this is a sequel to that. I think that's going to be dope. I don't even have to really give that too much thought. Um, far cry, new dawn, a new installment to the far cry series. I mean, they already have my attention cause far cry has been pretty good since at least four. I never played the earlier ones. I know some people are like, how dare you? What the fuck? I mean, I'm just keeping it keeping it real. I mean, so far, I like the gameplay mechanics. I like the looks. And I think they're trying to move as far away from the last Far Cry, which started to get real heavy in its story. And this one's just more about, like, chaotic, shoot em up, bang, bang, all that good shit, which sometimes is all you need in FPS. You need too much of a enriched story because not everybody's here for all of that. Give you just give a nice map, nice gameplay mechanics, an assortment of weapons and shit that one gets to choose from. You know, gameplay modes, hopefully, some fucking dedicated servers. All right, and let's just get the shit going. Um, let's see, that'll be out on the 15th. Um, oh, the highly anticipated fucking Jump Force featuring all of Shonen Jump's favorite anime motherfucking characters all on this Smash Brothers like game offering is definitely highly anticipated i know it because my dear son julian you know aka chill is going to be all over that that's right there's your drop father loves you um that's a little reference to my cult and um yeah i mean i know that's gonna i know that's a really highly anticipated game so that's also huge and that's a huge huge another highly anticipated well Probably moderately anticipated game only because fuckers have been waiting for it as long as they've been waiting for fucking Kingdom Hearts 3 is fucking Crackdown 3. I mean, I, I and this isn't because I'm someone who doesn't have an Xbox or doesn't necessarily isn't fond of an Xbox. I just don't know if at this far along, if Crackdown 3 is going to be able to live up to its, it's like, I guess, anticipated hype. I don't really know. I feel like that's one of I feel it's one of those games that people are probably going to really want to hope for the best for. But I don't know if anyone's like running out like, yeah, dude, I got to get Crackdown 3. No, you'll probably see a price drop in like the first week and a half to two weeks. And that's just being honest. Then from there, you've got um, Anthem, which will be out on the 22nd. Now, let me tell you why I give Anthem this. And trust me, I understand there's going to be some bias because I actually have not played the game. What I have done is seen plenty of gameplay, and I can already predetermine based off of the accounts of gameplay and people among my cult slash clan who have played the game during its beta last week. It pretty much is Destiny meets Lost Planet meets Monster Hunter. I don't know if that's necessarily a great thing. I don't know if it's not necessarily a terrible thing. But I don't think it's as new and innovative as they're trying to make it out to seem. And then, you know, there's already there are already some bugs upon the, you know, upon the actual like beta launch. And then people are already saying that it's probably gonna be one of those weird cash grabby games anyway, which I'm not interested in these adventure style FPS, you know. Uh, Sort of like expansion heavy games. Like I'm, I'm just not really in it for those anymore. I'm not because for for because for whatever reason, it, it constantly feels like you're pouring out money, and all you're gonna be doing is pretty much dealing with bullet sponge bosses that you'll just be sitting back holding R2. Okay, please don't kill me. Now hold R2. All right, now please don't kill me. Now here's a special ability that I'm gonna hold R2 until I watch your health bar just go down. That's just like with fucking uh Tom Clancy's The Division. There's a sequel coming up. Could give a fuck less because the first one in my opinion was horrible so bullet sponge bosses not what people are necessarily looking for i'm sure some people are gonna love it but for me mm, nah then you also get uh, metro exodus i know that was a game that i heard uh really good shit about it's a trilogy from um it's the trilogy in the uh, metro series based on a book like survival horror game you did with mutants and like crazy people and like you know it's desolate wasteland in russia and it's another fps that's pretty dope so i'm pretty sure some people will check that out and then trials rising now trials itself is it's like it's an interesting game because it's only i'd only say it's only one of its kind i've never seen like a bmx game or any other biking game where you are always trying to pull off stunts and if you and if you failed during those stunts, you weren't able to really progress through the map. So it almost like tests, like it really is a trial. It's testing you as you go along through the shit. There's a lot of patience, a lot of fucking frustration for that. I'm willing to get the game if it's at the right, if it's at the right price point. If it's at like thirty, forty dollars, then yeah. If it's going $59.99, you talk about some extra DLC with unicorns and shit. No, fuck you. I'm not, I'm not spending all that fucking money. You can forget that shit. That shit is all the way out. But speaking of the culture, got to hold it down. I figured I'd put together a nice comprehensive top five list of who I feel are the five top black characters in gaming. Now, I'm ready to hear feedback and comments and people with their own list and things like that to interject with. This is just a list that I populated for some time now, and I thought to myself, you know what? In terms of impact, I'm thinking impact with this. Honorable mention would be motherfuckers like Afro Thunder from Ready to Rumble because, I mean, Ready to Rumble is a fucking great game. I don't care. Most people don't even think about Ready to Rumble. I feel like it's one of those games that definitely deserves a sequel because how many boxing games are there that are there, are there out now? And if you think about those boxing games, how many of them are, like, cartoony and wacky like Ready to Rumble was? So I'm just saying. So I throw Afro Thunder up there as a uh, honorable mention. And it's gonna, I was going to mention another one, but I feel like if I do that, that's going to spoil the list. So let's just jump into the list now then. So top five black characters in gaming. Number five would be Eddie Gordo from the Tekken series. Now, Eddie Gordo debuted in Tekken 3. Um, he's very much interesting because as far as in gaming, he's the first capo ever fighter that I've ever seen in a popular video game. So that really took that particular fighting style and made it a unique offering. And then you did it with a uh, Afro-Brazilian character in Eddie Gordo. I mean, my man looked like Jamie Foxx with dreads if he was like chilling on the beach somewhere in Sao Paulo. But what made it super dope was, and this will show you how fucking old I was, back in the arcades. When you had them quarters in your pocket, ready to get it popping. Okay, you pick Eddie, maybe even honorable mention, even though he's not blacking on this list, Warong. Okay, you pick any of the motherfuckers that mostly have kick combos, you beat most people's asses unless they really know what they're doing. Because Eddie was able to chain, and and still is, I'm sure, able to chain so many fucking combo hits in such a short amount of time. It was like a lot of like half circle rotations with X and Circle and just it was it was crazy the fucking moves you can pull off with Eddie Gordo. It was fucking ridiculous. Then on top of that he had an alter ego named Tiger which is like some doing bell bottom pants, platform shoes, and a fucking fro with some shades on. I don't know what the fuck that was about. Anyone care to give me some back backstory on that. Feel free to do so in the comments. We'll we'll talk about it. Um number four was Lance Vance from GTA Vice City. I said Lance Vance is huge because if you think about how big of a game Vice City was, it was the next step in Rockstar's graphics for the GTA series. I mean, Liberty City was big, but Vice City was even bigger. And Lance Vance was like the guy that you kind of were looking to model yourself after in the game. But then you came up with him and ran up with him as Tommy Vercetti. You guys created, a, you know, the whole crime syndicate that you guys are putting together. I mean, spoilers fucking alert, okay? Of like more than ten years at this point, motherfucker. If you haven't played it, but at some point, as you are moving among the ranks, you and Lance do have a do have a falling out, a bit of a power struggle, and at some point, Lance double crosses you to your old to your old crew up in Liberty City, and you got to put Lance down. So. I get it, but without Lance, there would have been no surviving the first pearls that you did as Tommy Vicetti, okay? First of all, that fucking suit made you want to get that same type of suit so you could be just as fly as Lance. Plus, let's also keep it fucking real. That fucking Infernus was popping. When you saw him pull up in that white Infernus, motherfucker, you wanted an in Infernus, okay? So I feel like Lance Vance is huge. There was no Malibu Club. There was none of that shit without Lance Vance. And also a nice fun fact, the guy who did the voice acting work... For Lance Vance was also the um the the um the co-lead detective in the show Miami Vice. So um yeah. A little bit of fun facts for you, in case you didn't know that. Um number three would have to be Augustus Coltrane from the motherfucking Gears of War series. I say that just because if you think about The Gears of War series, number one, has to probably be up there as far as top series of all time for the Xbox. So I feel like not including Cole as a prominent figure on this list would be fucking egregious. Okay, because like I said, if you think about top series for the Xbox, you think Halo, you throw Gears almost directly right after it, among a bunch of other offerings that, you know, are all debatable. But either way, Cole was one of the is one of the prominent figures of the of the cogs during that whole Gears of War story. And he was kind of like just the overall life the heart and soul of the team. It's like everybody was so fucking serious and brooding at what they were dealing with. Cole was almost sadistically having a great fucking fucking time stomping motherfuckers and blowing the ads off. He just was. And with the woo-woo and all that other crazy ad libs and shit that he would drop like he was just the life of the party. Marcus Fiennes was just fucking serious and brooding and like the Steven Seagal type trying to get through shit. Cole was just a wild man. And trust me, so anytime you ever played, anytime I ever played that shit, and I ever went to Horde or any of those other online offerings, motherfucker, you were Cole. Always trying to fuck people up with that Lancer. So I'm sorry. But yeah, I feel like you got to give Cole his his well-deserved. You got to put him at number three. That's just all due respect to him. Then number two, this one's a little heavy. So I'll try to be as sharp. Succinct and concise as humanly possible. You gotta give this to Aya, aka Amunet of the Assassin's Creed series. Number one, she is referenced as early as Assassin's Creed 2, which is probably any fan of the Assassin's Creed series favorite Assassin's Creed, which is number two. Okay, with Ezio Auditory Da Firenze. Okay. Um when when you go into spoilers again, more than fucking ten years, get your shit right. About maybe ten years on the nose. Um when when you get to a, a certain part in the end game, you go into the assassin's tomb where you try to go get Altair's um legendary assassin's armor, and you notice all these different like monuments to the assassins over over the ages of time, and you see that one of the earliest if not the earliest assassin is one named Amunet. The Hidden One, and how she pretty much killed uh, killed uh, Cleopatra with an Egyptian asp. So, that was back then. Now, taking it to the latest game, which which its iteration came out about last year and, um Assassin's Creed Origins, you had it to where you played Aya for about maybe 30% of the game. Now, granted, you played Bayek, and you're probably thinking, well, why not Bayek on this list? And the reason why I'll tell, tell you is this. And again, spoilers in case you don't want to hear this shit okay, in case you didn't play the game, but as the story progresses and you go along, you come to see that their relationship at some point gets very complex, they're all to the mission of revenge because they lost their son, and to make a long story short, they complete their mission, they both survive, but they ultimately go their separate ways, Bayek is completely set up on trying to restore order and peace and maintain the lands of Egypt to his old village of Siwa and all across the board, as far as Aya amunet is concerned, she's more so concerned with trying to look at the larger picture, which is, well, we need an order that are always going to be here to make sure that we keep those in power in check because absolute power corrupts absolutely. So their whole thing, what her whole thing was as well, we need to maintain this order that we have. So she called it the Hidden Ones, and the Hidden Ones would ultimately become the Brotherhood of Assassins. So to make a long fucking story short, Aya is pretty much the mother of all assassins. Because she was the one that actually put the Assassin's Brotherhood together. She was a co-founder. So yes, in conclusion, because I had to go ahead and get um, a female on the list. I had to get a woman on the list. I figure Aya is the most prominent black female character in gaming period. She was featured in the first Assassin's Creed 2 with Ezio, and she finally got her story told along with Biax and Assassin's Creed Origin. That's why she's so high on this motherfucking list, and that's what brings me to number one, because this motherfucker was played by many, beloved by many, and definitely took advantage of all the new features, the new... Uh, accoutrements and everything that came with playing them, and that's motherfucking CJ from Grove Street, from us, from motherfucking Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Why I say that shit? Simple. You were able to dual wheel guns. You were able to get yourself tats. You was able to. You were able to get fucking shredded, or just be a little be uh, be a thick boy. You were able to fucking swim. You were able to customize your clothes. You were able to do a bunch of shit. With CJ that you really weren't able to do with other iterations previously in the uh Grand Theft Auto games. So I feel like CJ is most prominent because he was the protagonist of the story. And San San Andreas is one of like the most successful GTA games. So thusly, in fucking conclusion, I figure he's probably the most popular. Black character in gaming. If you think about it, again, San Andreas was a great leap from Vice City. And it was the leap before we went to Grand Theft Auto 4 and 5. And again, it was featuring CJ from The Grove. You were able to have all those customization features. You were this gangbanger who was simply trying to go ahead and turn your hood around. Get get the bullshit that was going on and your whole backstory straightened out. And yes, you just so happened to be a gangbanger from the hood. But guess what? Still. Most popular character. I'm sorry. It was definitely fucking CJ. Like, absolutely. Everybody was playing CJ the gangbanger from Grove Street. So, that's what I got to say as far as um, my little iteration of top five um, black characters in uh, in gaming. So, I was able to get all that shit off the internet. And when I'm able to get off the internet more so are a bunch of shit live from the comedy sections. Now, that's probably the only transition that was a little, you know, it's just a little like... (laughs) Man, I admit that shit was kind of eh, but either way, work with me here. If you're familiar with the platform, Instagram, uh, only like one of the biggest, if not now well, probably second biggest, uh, among, you know, social media platforms out here. Now you will notice that if you go to most posts and if you go inside the comment sections, especially like, like big popular, like pages and media pages, you'll find a bunch of bullshit in there. And what I find to be most interesting is that you always get these profiles that are either like doppelgangers of an already famous person or like a meme about a famous person. And or then you'll get something that's just like, hey, yeah, use me as a fuck this person button or use me as a like this post button or something like. So I'm always curious as like the fucking psychology behind the people that literally live in the comment section. Me. I, I like to just vicariously just chill. I mean, every now and then I throw myself into the fray and be like, yo, you need to chill. or you're Like, yo, dude, relax. It's not that serious. I mean, every now and then I throw myself in the fucking fray. And it's not because I feel like I'm the arbiter of truth so that, oh, my fucking point reigns supreme over someone else's. It's just because you really got to question what these motherfuckers are doing in there. It's like, to a certain understanding, I respect the art of trolling if it's just for laughs, but then it has to walk a fine line. It should be some shit to try to make someone purposely feel like shit and really tear them down. You want to punch up. Like, I-, I can appreciate white hat trolling. Like, I can appreciate something if it was, like, making fun of, like, let's say, um, LeBron's hairline. He doesn't give a shit about that. You think LeBron gives a fuck about what you say about his hairline? No. He, he doesn't give a fuck. Not at all. But, um, I mean, if it's something, like, along the lines where, like, I'm thinking about it now... Like you, you, you'll see shit in comment sections. That'll just, it, it, it'll it change you. It's changed me. I think what especially gets me are the folks who go to certain like media pages and they just have to get their shit off their chest and just say something fucked up or just say something really negative. And you think about it, you got the right to do it, but it's like, why? Because you almost know that by doing that, you're going to get someone that's going to react to what you're saying, and then you're going to have to react to what they're saying, and it's just going to be this cyclical, like, bullshit fest where both of you are wasting your fucking time. So, I don't get it, but I can tell you, oh, hold on, I got to mention a sponsor. As you know, the motherfucking drink of the day, the week, the month, and the motherfucking year, water. got to get those shout outs when they, when they count baby. But, um, I think the strangest thing was that, um, I remember seeing like, and this is from like a bunch of guys, they'll go up to like, let's say a post on like wired and Wired to mention something about Donald Trump. Now it doesn't make a difference where the fuck you fall on a political, you know, spectrum. Okay. I know people that are pro anti don't give a fuck all shades in between all flavors. But it'll be the person that'll see something like that on Wired, which is like a technology magazine and outlet. And they'll go, I don't want to see this political stuff up here. This is bullshit. I'm unfollowing the page. You motherfuckers have lost your way. First of all, dude, you're talking about a multimillion dollar company that is owned most likely by a age or probably as an agency that does their postings, which is also a multimillion dollar company. That sees this fucking content as relevant to their motherfucking brand. So, you or some random dude online, random person online saying, Oh, this is bullshit. You've gotten political. Oh, this shit shouldn't be up here. It's fucking verified, which is important, verifiable information. Who gives a fuck about random dude's opinion on there? So, me, that's why I normally like, I slide in. I don't normally laugh at motherfuckers. I'll put the Nancy Pelosi, you know, clap gift to a motherfucker or something like it. Or then, even more so, you'll get a motherfucker to go on GQ. Speaking of Anderson Park earlier, had a picture of him and his son celebrating his fucking Grammy, his Grammy Award. And uh, somebody go up him and be like, who? I'm like, bro, you want know to who the fuck that is? Number one, they added him, so you can go see who it is. And then number two... Don't be that dickhead, because it's someone who's clearly done more in their time and career to be fucking recognized by not only the Grammys, but GQ to post them on their fucking Instagram. Don't be that guy. Don't be that person. I don't understand where the fuck these people come from, but they do it. Or then you'll get that one guy that's like, oh, gee, yeah, I totally missed that because I don't listen to trash. Dude. Who are you people (laughs) like dead ass? Who are you motherfuckers that wake up and just look the shit in everybody's cereal, bro? Keep that shit that way. I don't understand what fuels these fucking people. I'm not one of these people that ever feel it necessary. Even as a kid, okay, motherfucker can dig up my old tweets. I never got anything from like fucking with people. And if I did, it was mostly in a video game, in which case we were adversaries. So you fucking earned it. But otherwise, I'm like, dude, come on. Like, what the fuck are we doing? And again, this is this is deep in the comment section, again, on a brand page that makes millions of dollars, that's most likely managed with their marketing company, that, again, produces millions of dollars, but some random motherfucker who's got whatever amount of followers, page probably fucking private, is like, no, this shit shouldn't be up on your brand. It shouldn't be on your fucking page. Uh in any event, Instagram, YouTube, and the latter, I have a proposition for you. If you're somebody who's not like the people I just mentioned, but yet you feel as though you're good with outreach, you go with reaching out to folks. Uh, you post either great content or your following is just incredible in whatever capacity. I want you to holler at me. Why? Because I'm looking for ambassadors. That's right, motherfucker. I'm on this podcast right now. This is not an ad. This is simply a proposal that if you are an ambassador, I don't want to say influencer because it's a little cringy, but somebody who has quite the following, can curate your content correctly and be able to feature this podcast and its offerings to your audience to become our audience, I'd love for you to work with me. If you're some if, if you if you're a lady who's like, hey, I'm really great at my work, or you know what, people love my look and my vibe, and my aesthetic, cool. People find you hot, they think you're gifted and talented, fantastic. I want you to DM me. If you're a dude and you're just like, hey, people love my look, they love my aesthetic, they love my high cheekbones and the way that I take pictures of myself in the snow. Granted, you come over here with your fucking fresh face, and I want you to go ahead and fucking help fucking disseminate my, my, my offerings to the masses. If you're somebody that's non-binary, doesn't even register in any of those categories, you're just your own person, your own being. And people fuck with you. They fuck with your vibe, everything, your aura, all things in between. Guess what, motherfucker? I want you to come up in my DM and I want you to hire me. This is a proposal to be able to work for me. I want to be able to get my offerings out there to be disseminated to the masses. So that way people can get the amazing content, the amazing detail work, and we can work together. We can be a team. You get paid. You'll get you'll get your own recognition, and when merch and things like that start rolling out, you'll be right there to go ahead and be a part of it. So, otherwise, I like to say this has been a fucking interesting podcast. <laughs> i'm sorry man like you know like it's just been crazy how fucking deep it was going but yo i can tell you that um i re-recorded this because the first one i was just like eh. it just felt very heavy-handed it didn't feel like that natural you know way of how i normally talk i don't want to get too caught up And you know, making sure I hit my marks and target audiences and all. I mean, that's great, but that's why I said you and you, 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 grand marketeers, you ambassadors of all things dope, holla at me. We can do this together. And for you viewers, you listeners, thank you. It's been another episode. This is the fourth one of the series, one of many to look forward to. This is episode three. Um, Please take time, like I said to uh, go ahead and give me your feedback, like I said, based upon what I've told you as far as your Valentine survival guide, what I'm currently watching on Netflix, uh, my top five black um, characters in gaming. You're going to talk about the Grammys. you can talk about that scary-ass genie and just... I mean, talk shop with me. I'm literally just hitting everybody up who literally... Um, leaving me some sort of comments and feedback. I love picking people's brains. And like I said, this just feels great. Uh, I love all the support, all the, you know, responses I'm getting. So feel free to uh, like, comment, and subscribe on this video. And up on this podcast, feel free to um, like, leave a rating, and subscribe on whatever platform in which you listen to your favorite podcast. And that is it for me. I am your host, Imani Wilson. And this has been another Episode of the Bombastic Podcast. Peace. We out.